now the great taste of Peter Pan comes in a plastic jar. So even if you do drop it, it won't shatter. Eat some peanut butter anytime you can. Only if it's Peter Pan. Okay, clean start. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emulsion Podcast. My name is Will Count, and I'll be your host. And tonight we've got a very special show for you. It's number 20. Woo! I didn't know I'd make it here, but here I am. Got my friend John Lee Hooker with me. What do you think of the show so far, John? You talk to my baby. You talk to my that's it. Come on. What else do you think? You talk too much, man. You talk too much. Nothing else? What do you think? Come on. You yak, yak, yak. You yak too much. What can I do to, to rectify this, John? You talk in the morning. All night long, you talk about people that don't that you don't know. You talk too much, baby. You talk too much, baby. You talk too much, mama. You talk to the mama. Mom, you talk All right, boils and ghouls, crates and critters. It's time once again for another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast, and uh, this is number twenty, as I mentioned in the intro. So uh, get out your streamers and your confetti and pop some champagne for the <laughs> Silver Emulsion. Uh, I know I'm going to do all that here. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've had a lot of uh, technical difficulties once again. I uh, Last week I mentioned that I, w- I bought the wrong cable. Uh, so this week... I had a new cable bought, um, one that, that is the correct cable, plugged it in, and it don't work. Just fucking don't work. So, <laughs> so I'm back to my old cable, uh, which seems to be performing uh, fine. So I, I, I don't know. At this point, I think I'll just stick to it. Um, but for now, um, that it's it's working. So, I, I will decide later. Anyway, uh, so on the show today, I'm going to be talking about uh, a couple of movies, or uh, three movies. Uh, the first movie, uh, featured film, will be Sammo Hung's 1978 film, Enter the Fat Dragon. And, uh, <laughs> and then later on, I'll be talking about... I never know if I sh- like what I'm supposed to do. It. Th- I mean, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do, but I never know if like I should leave it a surprise. If I should say what I'm gonna w- w- listen, to, uh, what I'm gonna talk about. I never did originally, and then I started doing it because it seemed like uh, seemed seemed better. Like as a listener, I don't know. Um. But anyway. So I'm gonna be talking about Enter the Fat Dragon and then uh, a couple of a um, uh, couple more movies. Weigh in if you want to uh, whether you think I should do a more formal introduction in terms of uh, laying out everything that I'm gonna talk about, or if you like the surprise, uh, let me know on that as well. Uh, okay, so here we go. Enter the Fat Dragon. So this is. 1978, it is the second film directed by Sammo Hung. His first movie was the year before. Um, It's called The Iron-Fisted Monk. And I watched it a while ago. Um, By a while, I mean like a year, two years maybe, tops. Anyway, I saw it a while ago, and uh, I I really enjoyed it, liked it a lot. It's not not a great movie, uh, but it's, it's good. And as a debut film, it's uh, it's pretty accomplished for a debut movie. Um, at that time, Samo had been in the industry for at least uh, longer than 10 years, at least 12, 13, something like that, um, but never directing. 
I don't know. He might have done some assistant directing, but I don't know. Anyway, he got his first stab at it in 1977 with the Iron Fisted Monk. And then he uh, did some directing of scenes that were added into uh, the Bruce Lee movie Game of Death. So on Hong Kong Movie Database, he's credited as a director on that. But on the actual movie, he, he's not credited. So And because he's only he only filmed a little bit of that, I mean... He, who knows? Uh, he could have filmed half of the fucking footage they actually used. I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't really count that as as a Sam Hung movie. So then after uh, after that, in 1978, um, comes Enter the Fat Dragon. So this is, as I came into it, I thought uh, that it was going to be... Um, Sammo Hung playing a Bruce Bruce Lee clone. Um, you know, like Bruce Lee clone movies. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Um Ah, the worst part about this thing, the 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 way that this mic is set up, when I use the pop filter I kinda gotta like lean into it and it like rubs against my beard. And it, it's like, I don't know, it's a really weird sensation. And it just keeps getting more and more sensitive uh, over time. So I don't, if I can try to angle this thing so it's not all in my face. But that's kind of worse, I don't know. I don't know, I think I gotta make this hot mic a little hotter. Um, how's that? Does that sound a little better? I don't know. Uh, I think so. As long as I don't have to have my fucking face up against this thing. Now it's falling again. Oh, Jesus. Alright, is that any better? I don't know. Let me make it a little hotter. Uh, that should be a little better. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I don't remember where I was before I, I fucked with the mic. Um, let me see here. Okay, so Enter the Fat Dragon. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Bruce Lee clone movie starring Sammo Hung. Uh, but it's not. It's, it's kind of like that. But it's actually... A lot more uh, inventive and original than that. The movie um, was written by the great and wonderful Ni Kuang, who uh, was a, a prolific writer who wrote many, 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 many films. Um, I would on the on the. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I have this this uh, theory, this sort of list in my head. I don't know, it's not a theory, but I have this list in my head of, of people that I consider um, within the Hong Kong industry as the pillars of martial arts cinema. That's what I call it. I don't know what, you know, it just, it's stuck one day. So on on the list of pillars is, of course, Cheng Che, Lao Karlung, Sammo Hung, uh, Jackie Chan, Yoon Woo Ping, and uh, also on the list, I would definitely put uh, the writer Ni Kuang. Now, uh, Ni Kuang was the um, like the 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 number one uh, writer at the Shaw Brothers, um, and he primarily worked with uh, Cheng Che. Back in the day, his first script for uh, the studio, or his first credit really in the industry, he was a novelist um, before and after, um, uh, and during. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know too much about his novels, but I do know that he wrote them, and then he based scripts on them and stuff. I don't know how he had any fucking time, because he, this dude was working like constantly. Uh, but anyway, his first credit 
was for the One-Armed Swordsman, the uh, first martial arts movie to make over a million Hong Kong dollars. It was the the movie that made uh, Jimmy Wang Yu a star, and it was uh, kind of a big deal. So... So he, uh, Ni Kuang co-wrote that with Cheng Che, and they continued that kind of a co-writer partnership for many, 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 many years. Basically every, or not every, but pretty much most Cheng Che movies, um, at least up to a point. I don't know if he stayed with Cheng Che the whole time, but um, yeah, looks like it. I mean... Down here, Cheng Che, Ten Tigers of Kuangtung, 1979, written by Cheng Che and Ni Kuang. You know, so um, 1980, Two Champions of Shaolin, written by Cheng Che and Ni Kuang, directed by Cheng Che. I know those guys well, they're the right couple of bastards. So, um, I know he wrote other movies as well that were not directed by Cheng Che at the Shaw Brothers, and he also wrote a bunch of movies that were uh, independently produced or Golden Harvest. Uh, he was just a, just a fucking prolific writer. He wrote. He he's like his writing is phenomenal, and without it. I don't think that that the Shaw Brothers studio or the martial arts genre as a whole would be as um, as rich as it is uh, currently. Because um, you know everything builds on something else, and uh, Ni Kuang is like that foundation that like everything else comes from uh, in terms of story and structure and all that stuff for for uh the modern day hong kong movie hong kong martial arts movie i should say um at least as i see it he's fucking dope i don't know if he ever won any awards but man his scripts are are above and beyond anything else coming out of the shaw brothers honestly um from what i've seen so far uh, but anyway, so so he got uh, so Cheng Che got I mean <laughs> fuck uh, Sam Hung got Ni Kuang uh, got either got a Ni Kuang script or uh, called in a favor and had him write uh, his movie here. I don't know. Let's see who wrote Iron Fisted Monk. Okay, Samo and Wong Feng wrote that. Okay, so um, oh okay well. Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, written by Ni Kuang and directed by Sammo Hung. The action was also directed by Sammo Hung. And the movie stars Sammo as a young uh, young guy who idolizes Bruce Lee. He loves Bruce Lee. He, he does uh, impressions of Bruce Lee. He imagines himself as Bruce Lee. He's just obsessed with Bruce Lee. So uh, he gets a message that he needs to go uh, go to Hong Kong to help his uncle with uh, their restaurant over there. So <laughs> uh, cut to uh, Samo in a little boat, a little uh, rowboat or whatever, uh, going into the uh, Hong Kong Harbor among the the junks and the bigger ships and stuff. And he's in the boat just like uh, Bruce Lee at the beginning of Enter the Dragon, riding in the boat, um, arms and legs crossed and just looking very stoic and uh, <laughs> ready to go. And then while he's uh, riding into to the harbor, he imagines himself... Uh, in a martial arts title sequence <laughs> um, where he's fighting up against a colored uh, backdrop. In this case, it's red. Uh, it's a standard kung fu movie thing. Uh, anyway, so he, he beats up a bunch of dudes in in the opening credits, 
and then uh, we exit the opening credits uh, as Samo, in his dream, um, dream becomes reality, and he kicks from his seated position in the boat, and he kicks a hole right through the boat, and the boat sinks. So <laughs> right there, we kind of uh, set up the entire st- whole structure of the movie. The movie is a serious fight movie. Um, lots, lots and lots of fights. Well, not lots and lots of fights, but lots of fights, I guess. Um, it could be more, I guess. I don't know. I shouldn't say lots and lots of fights or even lots of fights. <laughs> I just like saying lots and lots of. So, <laughs> but it shows that there's a serious, it shows that there's comedy, and it really sets you up uh, for a good movie. It's fun. Especially, I mean, if you if you haven't seen Enter the Dragon, I don't know that it would be, <laughs> I don't think it would hit. But uh, most people have, right? And if you haven't, fucking, what are you doing? Go see it. It's Enter the Dragon. Jesus. <laughs> All right, so when he gets to the restaurant to help his uncle, uh, there's some thugs there that are, they don't want to pay or whatever, and blah, 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 the whole movie, you know, he's like, oh, he's got to fight these thugs, and then these thugs don't want to leave and whatever. So that goes on for a while. Uh, But one, uh, one thing I wanted to note about the thugs is that uh, they probably all went on to something else, but but the ones that I noticed were uh, Meng Hui, who is uh, who who was a member of the Jackie Chan stunt team um, at some point in the eighties, or maybe was he on the Jackie Chan stunt team? Because he's hmm. I don't know. He might have been on the Sambo Hung stunt team. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of data on who's on the stunt teams, but yeah, it looks like the Jackie Chan movies that he's in are the Sambo Hung movies. Yeah, so anyway, he must have been a member of the Sammo Hung stunt team. But anyway, he's fucking dope. I, I never really noticed him until I was re-watching these Jackie Chan movies. And I, I he has kind of a big role in the movie Heart of Dragon. And I was very impressed by his stuff in that movie. And so ever since then, I've been uh, looking for him in other movies. And he pops up as... Uh, as actors will do so i notice him as one of the thugs and then also in in the thug role uh is one yoon Bu. good old yoon Bu uh, shows up for a little bit and does some fighting um also chung fat who who is in many many sammo hung movies is also uh in in this movie as one of the thugs um so <coughs> So this ultra Bruce Lee fan, kind of like a lot of his fighting, like he, he when he starts to fight, he goes into like a Bruce Lee mode or whatever, and flicks his nose and shit. And I got to be honest, Sammo Hung's Bruce Lee is pretty fucking good. <laughs> like you wouldn't think, oh, Sammo, yeah, he fucking looks like Bruce Lee. Let's do it. But man, he really does a good job. Um, it never looks like he's Bruce Lee, but he's never trying to be Bruce Lee. He's trying to be a guy imitating Bruce Lee out of his love and affection for him. So it looks exactly like that, and it looks fucking great. <laughs> um, at one point in the movie, he gets one a great fucking stroke of genius. He gets a job as an extra on a Bruce Lee clone movie. And so <laughs> he's supposed to be in this fight scene and the Bruce Lee clone is supposed to uh, 
like he's there he's learning the choreography and and he's like okay i'm gonna kick this guy and then i'm gonna turn around and hit this guy and then i'm gonna backhand you in the face and you fall over and that's it and, and sam was like okay let's do that um this is the choreographer talking to him and then the fake bruce comes out and he's got the whole fucking nine yards on he's, he's got the uh the big shades and and I don't know he's no shirt on and he's 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 kind of got a, a Bruce Lee thing going. And so he comes over and and Samo is like, dude, this fucking guy, <laughs> he ain't no Bruce Lee. I could do a better Bruce Lee than this fucker. <laughs> so then when they start shooting the scene, he doesn't fucking react. <laughs> Samo just fucking stands there, and they're like, what what are you doing? And, and he's like, I, I'm not fighting with this guy. He's a shitty Bruce Lee. <laughs> so then that leads into this whole giant fight where uh, Samo just fucking <laughs> annihilates the the Bruce clone and all of the actors and crew members and everybody. <laughs> it's uh, it's great fun. And uh, um. <laughs> how to say it. like there's not a whole lot of story i mean there's the story of he's got to help his restaurant his uncle with the restaurant and that is a bit of a thing um but it's kind of like thugs come he defeats them more thugs come he defeats them more thugs and higher level thugs come he beats them you know and it's not so boring as that they're not all like fights at the same location or whatever but it's just um if you take a step back and structurally look at the movie it's that's how it is um and so the final thugs <laughs> that uh Samo has to defeat and at this point another sort of side plot line has been introduced to kind of introduce these thugs. But anyway, there's this professor and he's got these three guys that are like his champions. And for whatever reason, Oh, there was something about like, um, there was a girl that Samo knew that worked at this place and she looked like, this guy's uh, ex-girlfriend or something, so he's going to kidnap her, and so Samo has to stop the kidnapping. Uh, so he's got these three three guys to, to defeat. Uh, the first guy is an American, and he's an expert in boxing and uh, Muay Thai. Uh, he's played by a guy named David Nick that I don't know anything about. Uh, this was his only movie. Then... Um, the, the next champion is, is a guy, a kung fu expert, played by Lung Karyan, uh, a.k.a. Beardy. And then the, th- the third guy is a karate practitioner, played by Lee Hoi Sang, who's in many, many uh, wonderful movies uh, of, of Sammo Hung and others. And, uh, but he is kind of uh, made up to look like Jim Kelly. So he's got an afro, and he's got full black face, and uh, like real snazzy fucking clothes and shit. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the setup for the, the finale fight. I feel like this is a, just a horrible... Uh, like, what am I even saying? I don't know. I'm I'm not it's it's weird with this mic. I mean I, I spent like over an hour trying to get this thing to work right and then get this fucking stand to feel comfortable. So it like sapped all my energy. And I feel like I'm just like going over plot details. I'm not actually saying anything. Alright, well whatever. <laughs> So that's like the end fight, and um, uh, it's good. The fights are good. They're not great. Um, Samo really hasn't uh, dialed in that next-level choreography that he's uh, really going to get to later on, 
and uh, his next movie is is Warriors Two, which is a fucking dope as shit movie. Um, so <laughs> he definitely figured it out by the time he got to that one because that movie is fucking on fire. Um, and then the movie after that is Knockabout, which is probably uh like top three. <laughs> Sam Hung movies for me. I fucking love Knockabout. Knockabout was fucking dope. Did I talk about that on the podcast? I don't remember. I think I might have. Hmm. Anyway. So, oh, I also wanted to, to say that uh, this movie is a pretty fucking hard to come by. Uh, the version that I saw was actually a fan-made uh, edit that combines a couple of VHS tapes um, to deliver a widescreen image and the film in its uncut form. And so that's kind of a dedication that you need to get a good copy of this movie. So that speaks to how uh, just poorly handled this movie has been uh, in the home market. I don't think it's ever gotten a DVD release that's been a legit DVD release. I know there's bootlegs out there. Um, but anyway, uh, so I've, I've been kind of obsessed with the Warner archive and uh, their releases of Hong Kong movies. They started it, I think, uh, not, I think they started at the end of 2015, and they put out Pedicab Driver, which is the first DVD release of the world in in the world of that movie. And they put out Soy Hark's The Blade and Blade of Fury, the movie that I talked about, I think, last week. A uh, whole bunch of shit. And so when those started coming out, um, I was researching what, what else they might uh, release. And I found a big list of all the movies that they owned the rights to. And apparently sometime in the 90s, when uh, Hong Kong was making a big uh, splash over here in America, Warner Brothers bought the rights, the like total fucking lifetime rights or some shit, to all these movies. And so now they just basically own all these Golden Harvest movies. And it includes like the Jackie Chan movies that they... Uh, released like uh, First Strike and Rumble in the Bronx. And is there other ones? I don't know. Anyway, like First Strike and Rumble Rumble in the Bronx. and Oh, and Drunken Master 2. Those three movies specifically are very hard to come by in their original uncut Hong Kong uh, form. Uh, even in Hong Kong, because Warner owns them outright... Uh, as far as I know, so all of the the video releases, um, even the ones in Hong Kong, almost all of them are the U.S. edit, which is fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Warner Archive started putting out these movies. I was very excited, and then they put out um, they put out. The first four in like October, or November, or something at the end of 2015. And then they put out some more in like March or April of um, 2016. And then ever since then, I've been waiting for the next ones. And I've kind of every couple of months, I'll try to uh, try to poke the, the Warner archive on Twitter. And uh, they always are like, well, we no plans for now. Nothing to announce. And it's like, okay, well that's great, but can you just announce like, yeah, we're we're not <laughs> we're not doing it. Um, they got a lot of flack for the review for the for the movies because uh when they put them out they didn't use straight up English subtitles. They used uh English subtitles for hard of hearing. So there's like sound subtitles and stuff. But other than, I mean, they're fucking fine. It just has some fucking sound subtitles. Who gives a shit? But apparently uh, every fucking person who bought the DVD other than me gives a shit because 
they were very vocal and very loud and um, boycotting releases and all this shit. So that I feel like that led to them not releasing anymore. Anyway, long story long, uh, Warner owns the rights to Enter the Fat Dragon. And I would love for them to release it. Uh, I don't think it's very high on their list if they do consider uh, the films that they're going to release because there's a couple of very, like, politically incorrect moments, and I know that they would probably uh, shy away from releasing a film like that. Although they put out a bunch of, like, pre-code movies that probably uh, have a lot of weird shit in them as well. Uh, but anyway, there, there's the, one of the opening scenes is uh, Sammo Hung like training his Bruce Lee kung fu, and he's in uh, like a pig barn, and he's uh, just basically beating up fucking pigs, and it's real. He's he's in a pig barn just fucking hitting the shit out of these pigs, and it's sad because I feel bad for the pigs. They're just fucking walking around trying to look for food, or you know, pigs being pigs. And then fucking Sam Hung just hits you in the shoulder. Fuck that. Uh, so there's that. I mean, you know, I, I mind it. I feel bad for the pigs. But at the same time, it's not like... I don't think the movie shouldn't be released or anything like that. I don't think they should cut it out. It should be what it is. Um, that's fine. Oh, and then and then also the, the, the dude in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Although that didn't stop um, many movies from being released, there's a the the first Laurel and Hardy movie has a as a sequence where they're both in blackface. It's fucking rough, man. It's hard to watch. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, so is that a reason why they don't release it? Maybe, maybe, but. Um, Honestly, I just think that they're not releasing it because nobody's buying the the Hong Kong uh, ones that they've put out. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, But anyway, uh, please, if you're interested in these movies and you have some dollars to spare, uh, I would recommend uh, picking up some copies of these Warner Archive uh, DVDs. Tuesday night, Charlton Heston is about to face a terror in the jungle. Soldier rats, billions and billions of them on the march. When they go, no life is left but their own. It's going to be a fight to the death. Where we're going, there won't be anything left alive. The Naked Jungle, 1020 Eastern, on the Superstation, Tuesday night. All right, so let's move on. So the next movie I watched is the next movie in the When Horror Came to Shochiku uh, Criterion Eclipse set. Uh, the third movie in that set is uh, called The the Living Skeleton. I'm having a hard time talking this week. It's like I'm fucking, I keep like stuttering and shit. All right, so The Living Skeleton. Uh, I think it's 1968. I don't, uh, I guess I could look it up. <laughs> That's another thing about having the the mic in my face here. It's like it's like all I see because <laughs> it's like right in front of my face. And so it's hard to look at the computer and so I I'm not like I don't feel as as in it as I usually do. Living Skeleton is 1968. It is directed by a guy named Hiroshi Matsuno. Matsuno. And uh, the movie starts on a cruise ship. Um, maybe not a cruise ship, but a, a some kind of uh, ocean liner. And there's terrorists with machine guns. And they're holding the crew and the passengers hostage. And they have them all chained together by their ankles. And the leader of this terrorist group, you don't see his face. You just see um, the side of his head, which is uh, horrifically burned. And so some shit goes down. And then the order is given to basically just kill everybody. (laughs) 
So the terrorists open fire. All these people are dead. And uh, they throw them over the side, uh, still chained together. And then the, the ship sunk in a typhoon. Uh, now we go a few years later, and uh, we're meeting a girl who is uh, working for this priest. And uh, we later find out that the girl, uh, there was like a main girl in the in the cruise ship scene who's kind of like singled out so that girl um is the sister of this girl with the priest and they're both played by the same person um so as you might might have guessed by now they are twins (laughs) they're supposed to be twins uh so anyways she's um she's still sad about her sister and uh the ship sinking and just like it just never went away and so now she's not only feeling sad but she's feeling like her sister's still alive and she hears her voice like on the wind coming from the ocean uh calling to her and stuff like that she just doesn't know like what it's saying really is she just feels it's her voice and they're they're twins so they were um, always very connected as you would be with a twin um and so now like she's hearing her voice after she's been dead for years and because she hasn't really like dealt with those feelings of loss and stuff she's she's really open to believing that like oh no my sister's not dead and she wants to investigate that so that that's the basic uh, premise of the living skeleton and um oh well well like the 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 thing that that um really drives the movie is that the um the sister who is supposed to be dead she's um kind of like a vengeful spirit and she's uh seeking out all these terrorists uh who have moved on with their lives basically um they they i guess they robbed the ship for some treasure um i mean it's like the 60s so i (laughs) I don't know how much treasure they got, but anyway, they um, they robbed this ship and then they like all parted ways. So now the the spirit is trying to take them out and uh, get revenge. I feel so hyper. Uh, I'm on this uh, prednisone, this fucking steroid to to see if if my breathing problems get better with it. They're trying to determine if I have asthma or not, and. It, <coughs> I don't know if it, I feel like it's pretty audible when I'm like taking breaths in that it's all like labored. Um, but anyway, <coughs> um, so they're trying to figure that out. So I'm on these these prednisones, and I I uh, I don't know. I took one a few hours ago, and they, they kind of hype you up, and I feel like a lot more fidgety than I, than I normally am. Um, and I'm, my fucking mouth is all dry. I mean, that's a usual thing, but it's, it's like it's more so. All right. So anyway, um, it kind of reminds me of The Fog, the, the John Carpenter movie. Um, the girl's working for a priest. So there's a priest and the, the, the priest's, um, his, the church and the, the house that he lives in are overlooking the ocean and i don't believe there's a a lighthouse nearby but there is uh the priest and stuff and they're looking over the ocean there's some shots like from the house that are kind of similar to the fog and then there's like a a dude that's a fisherman that's trying to woo the girl um anyway it's it's not it's not like the fog really at all but it's enough like it because, you know, because it's like uh, the fog has these pirate ghosts, basically. And so this has um, 
ghosts from a sinking ship, a, a sunk ship. That's uh, similar enough. Uh, there is a treasure involved, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's not really like the fog. It doesn't feel like the fog. But there's enough about the living skeleton where, if you've seen the fog and you and you like the fog, and it's in your brain, sort of, you know, somewhere in the folds there. Um, I don't think you could see the living skeleton and not think of the fog at some level. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's not great, but uh, it's probably the best, like it's the best made movie so far of the three um, movies in this set. The other two were X from Outer Space and Gokei Body Snatcher from Hell. Uh, I liked that movie a lot, but it's it's not great. It's not very good. Um, but Living Skeleton, it's a solid movie. It's enjoyable. It's not great, but it, it's solid. And uh, it has a couple. Um, does it have a couple? I don't know. It has a good fucking twist. What a twist. Uh, that happens... Not towards the end, but at some point in there, there's a good, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so uh, th those are always fun. So if you like uh, Japanese movies uh, from the 60s particularly, or just 60s movies in general, I would uh, recommend The Living Skeleton. Um, it, it's, not, it's not the most horrific movie, so if you're into horror... I don't know if I'd recommend it so much to if you're like if you you gotta like Japanese movies I think to like this movie. <laughs> Man, I'm like so fucking hyped up. <laughs> it never really affected me like this. I'm, I've taken I don't know three or four in the last few days, but I, and none of them have affected me. I've never got real hyped up like this, so I don't know what the what the deal is. Uh, but anyway, uh, Living Skeleton, that's a good one. Aw, big boys don't cry over little cuts. It <laughs> doesn't hurt. Isn't it a shame you'll have to make things up to soothe their pain? Daddy will kiss the pain away. Now you don't have to. Introducing Camphophonique Antibiotic Plus Pain Reliever. It helps prevent infection, speeds healing, and unlike the leading antibiotic, it has an anesthetic to stop pain within seconds. So with Camphophonique Antibiotic, you can mean what you say. See, it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to move on to the next movie. Um, it is a slasher from 1981 called Final Exam. And um, how to talk about final exam. It's not good. <laughs> it ain't pretty. Uh, it's it's not a good movie. Really at all. Um, <laughs> but against the odds, I enjoyed it. Why did I enjoy it? Uh, because I just fucking like the 80s. <laughs> and that's basically it. <laughs> Like, I don't know, I don't think anybody would like this movie unless you were, like, super into 80s like I am. Uh, and just, the, like, the style of 80s movies. And it's not even, like, the most 80s movie either. It only feels like it because it's the time and there's, like, things that don't exist anymore that are just in the 80s. And so I remember them from being a kid. I mean, 81 was a little early. I was, that's when I was born, but, um, there, you know, like, it's not like everything in 81 was scrapped and then they started 82's crop of shit. So by the time I was uh, sentient, <laughs> there was, uh, still some of this stuff that's in, uh, final exam. And what is the stuff? I don't remember. I, re <laughs> I really don't. Um, which. <laughs> But anyway, so it's a slasher. It's supposed to be a, a horror movie. But get this. It's actually like a dumb fucking college movie. It's like Animal House kind of a thing. Um, and it's not really funny. And then every once in a while, during one of these fucking dumb college scenes, they start playing this music that kind of sounds like Halloween music. 
uh, Halloween being the John Carpenter movie. And so you think like, oh shit, here it comes. Something's fucking going down. And then nothing happens. <laughs> it just cuts the next scene or some shit. You don't see anything. There's no, there's nothing other to build the tension or to make you like, oh, what's going on? Other than the music. That's it. So it's pretty fucking lame. And, uh, you know, I, I like a good slow burn movie. I like a movie that, that builds and, and, uh, incrementally incrementally sort of uh twists the knife i can dig it <laughs> but this movie there's like nothing <laughs> like it, it it acts like it's doing something but if you're paying attention you i mean there's nothing there's like literally nothing it doesn't build anything uh so most of the movie is like Fucking just dumb college antics, fucking pranks. <laughs> There's this one prank, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe in 1981, this was a fucking <laughs> knee slapper of a prank. But uh, if they, if anybody tried to do this now, <laughs> people would get fucking murdered. So they, <laughs> they fucking stage a school shooting. These frat boys dress up in ski masks with these fucking machine guns and they start just just firing into this crowd so nobody knows that they're fake you don't even know that they're fake when you're watching the scene i'm just spoiling it because who the fuck cares it's this shitty movie that nobody fucking cares about um and then uh, like dudes that are in on it in the crowd act like they got shot. So people are fucking freaking out. And then the, the dudes in the ski mask, they grab the, the quote unquote dead bodies and throw them into the van and then they just speed off. And then, you know, two seconds later, you see inside the van, everybody's cracking up and they're like, oh, we got them they're good this time, blah, blah, blah. And, and it, I mean, it's an enjoyable scene. It's it's really uh, unique. And it's not like anything I've ever seen. But <laughs> I don't even know. Like, <laughs> it didn't bother me. It just made me go like, Jesus Christ. Can you, like, like that was the level of... Uh, like, that's how these kids or these filmmakers thought about school shootings. It was just this thing that was kind of like, yeah, maybe it's happened once or twice, but it's just this r random thing. And we'll stage it as a prank because it's so over the top and funny or whatever. But it's like, like now, man, people are on fucking high alert because there's shootings like happening all the time. <laughs> so Jesus it's just I don't know it's just hard to to watch and not like be affected by it at some level uh, so then and I know it's a horror movie so I'm like wanting to see people get murdered brutally but uh, it's different god damn it <laughs> um, so at least in the movies, I don't know, like 90 minutes and at least an hour into the movie. Finally, the, there's some fucking like movement on the horror front. Uh, so eventually there starts to be some kills. And they're fucking lame, like d just dumb fucking shitty kills. It's a the the killer is this dude with a big like knife and. Like, the way that they shoot it, he stabs a person, and you don't really see anything. It happens off-screen or, in a way, on-screen where they don't have to, like, do effects or anything. And, I mean, there's a couple of moments of effects, but, but overall, they're trying to save money. So, it's just kind of shitty and lame. And especially after, like, an hour-long wait and build-up, <laughs> it just ain't cutting it. Um, and then, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil the whole thing, but, um, 
but to, to go along with the Halloween music, uh, the killer is basically like this lame Michael Myers wannabe. So <laughs> it's just boring and dumb and fucking not scary or funny or it's not anything. It's just kind of exists. But there's literally, like, nothing drives the story at all. There is no story. It's just, like, like there is a, a story. There's a plot that kind of moves along. But there's no actual story tied to that. It's just kind of things happening in sequence. And, like, the... Like, in any slasher, there's kind of a the known thing where like at some point they're going to reveal the killer and it'll either be somebody that you expected or somebody that you never would have suspected. And then uh, like they kind of explain why maybe, you know, I don't know, like the fucking unmasking and Scooby-Doo, you know, it's expected, but it's not, it's not here. <laughs> Final exam like just doesn't do it. And the reason why it doesn't do it, I'm going to spoil this shit. I don't care. It doesn't really matter because it's it's actually not spoiling anything. It it'd be better if you knew going in than to be fucking disappointed like I was. But basically, there's no story in the movie, so there's actually no story to the killer either. The killer is just a fucking dude that's, that snapped. And that's more than you get from the movie. The movie is literally like he's just a guy with a knife that walks around like Michael Myers. There's nothing else. They don't talk about him. They don't try to figure it out. Nothing. It's just a guy that kills people. That's it. it that's how it opens. That's how it ends. There's nothing else. It's fucking lame. It's just like... It, like just some fucking nutcase, you know? Uh, <laughs> the only cool thing about the movie is that towards the end, when the killer is, uh, he's like um, chasing this girl. Uh, not not chase. I mean, it's like a low-speed chase because he's just kind of lumbering around. Um, but he's, he's following this girl up these stairs to go to... I think it was like a bell tower or some, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> don't think vertigo because <laughs> final exam ain't vertigo. Uh, but but anyway, he's going up there and there's uh, the coach. The, the fucking school coach comes. He's got a bow and arrow. He's like a bow and arrow hunter. So he's really into it. And he comes and he fucking readies his bow to strike at the uh, fearful... Uh, the fearsome heart of the uh, warrior <laughs> murderer. And so he fires his arrow. <laughs> Is his aim true? <laughs> um, <laughs> he fires his arrow, and guess what? The fucking killer just <laughs> just reaches out his hand and catches it in midair. <laughs> So that shit was pretty dope. I enjoyed that, but it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I was like two seconds in a whole 90 minutes of like whatever movie. <laughs> so that's final exam. Uh, I don't recommend it. If you if you haven't seen it, I, I wouldn't bother. Um, I mean, your mileage may vary as with any movie, but um, if it were up to me, uh, this would be the final exam and school's out for the summer. <laughs> uh, okay. The power of positive programming. From the people who brought you CNN, Headline News, and Superstation TBS. Classic movies. Original programming. Special events. Turner Network Television. TNT. Coming this fall on cable. 
So that's uh, going to be the podcast. Oh, fuck. I didn't do the, the feedback, did I? I started doing it, and then I got sidetracked by something else. All right, so let me let me hit the feedback real quick. So on episode 16, uh, that was the 1983 horror movie Ramble Fest. Uh, I got a comment from a reader of the site named Nick Ian DeSellis. Uh, and his uh, comment says this. Viewed my unwatched, by me, videotape of The Alchemist last night during snowfall. Great atmosphere, cool effects, stunning trailer after the feature for The Dungeon Master. Keep up the good work and watch The Keep. Nick. Well, thanks, Nick, uh, for writing in. Uh, it's fun. It's the first uh, um, first feedback from someone that I don't actually like know in real life. So that's cool. It's a milestone. It's fucking episode 20, baby. <laughs> um, that's cool. You watched The Alchemist. Uh, that's the early Charles Band movie. I guess I mentioned it on that show. I don't. I guess that movie's 83. That sounds about right, but I'm not sure. But I must have uh, mentioned it if you're mentioning it. So yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It does have cool effects and atmosphere. I really like the ending. I saw that movie a long time ago, right when I first started the, the Full Moon um, series. Did I talk about this already? I think I, maybe I did. I'm having a fucking deja vu. And I watched, uh, an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, um, a, a little bit before I started recording this. And it was an episode where they get t- caught in a time loop and they all have deja vu and shit. So now I'm having like this weird moment where I'm in a time loop. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Anyway, I just got some deja vu about saying these things about uh, The Alchemist. So anyway, um, yeah, it's fucking great. And uh, the trailer for The Dungeon Master, have you seen The Dungeon Master? Um, I wrote a review of it under the name Rage War, one word. Um, It was in the U.S. called Dungeon Master. Um, But the version that I saw... Had, was an uncut version that had a there's a there's a dream sequence at the beginning of the movie that has some nudity and they cut that to get a, a lower rating for the dungeon master uh, but anyway the uh, scream factory put out a, a blu-ray um i don't know last year this year well it must have been last year because it's 2016 um they put out a blu-ray and it is the rage war uh version so if you're uh, in the market for the Dungeon Master, I I would definitely recommend it. It's like an anthology um, full moon movie, but it's uh, Empire Days, so it's bigger budgets and uh, good. It's it's fucking fun. I haven't seen it since, but I've been wanting to. There's like a like a Mad Max kind of segment, and there's all these like creatures and shit. Um, I don't remember what the other segments are, but I know the dude has like a some kind of computer arm, and he's uh, he's got to defeat the the dungeon master guy. I don't know. I should watch it again. Anyway, uh, if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out uh, if you can get a hold of it. It's a good one. And uh, thanks for for uh, writing in and and giving me some encouraging words. And as for The Keep, yeah, I, I do want to watch that. I'm not a big Michael Mann fan, uh, if I'm honest. But uh, The Keep has always been on my radar uh, for many years. And one of these days I'm going to watch it. So maybe sometime soon, now that you've uh, given me the push, I should write it down. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll send you a case of lollipops. Uh, so that's the show, um, upcoming on Silver Emulsion, uh, this week, I have a review of the Full Moon, uh, horror movie, uh, Crips, spelled, uh, Crips, uh, Crypt with a Z at the end. <laughs> um, it's a fun movie. Uh, check out the review, that'll be coming out on Tuesday, and then on Friday for the Shaw Brothers, uh, slot, I have a non-Shaw Brothers movie uh, directed by King Hugh, uh, The Valiant Ones. 
And so I would definitely uh, check that out as well. I mean, if I were you, I'd check out everything. <laughs> this silver emulsion side is pretty good. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, once again, I, I always appreciate it. Uh, I couldn't have gotten to 20 without you. <laughs> uh, I laugh, but um, I don't know if I would have stuck with it without uh, the, the feedbacks and the positive remarks. So thank you all once again for that. And so if you have any feedbacks to send in, I know I asked a question, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, so if you remember what that question was and you want to write in, feel free to do so. And uh, if you have any thoughts on any of these movies, uh, feel free to write in as well. And uh, so that's the show. Adios. <laughs>